Hey, this is Sean Boyd from Sean Boyd Made This, and you're listening to the Builder Sessions podcast. Welcome to the Builder Sessions, a podcast where we chat with your favorite builders. We get to know them, their stories, and hopefully inspire you to get off the couch and build something cool. I'm Hoff. And I'm Rosie. And on this episode, we have Sean Boyd from Sean Boyd Made This. We chat about his influences in furniture making, the importance of not rushing the design process, and how just doing it is easier said than done, but is necessary. Please enjoy our interview with Sean. Sean, welcome to the Builder Sessions. Cool. Thanks for having me. It's great having you. Uh, can you, for those of our listeners who don't know who you are, uh, can you share a little bit about yourself and what you have going on? Yeah. Um, so my name is Sean Boyd, and uh, I have a YouTube channel called Sean Boyd Made This, and it's all um, wooden furniture for the most part. Um, I kind of got into it um kind of on a on a knee-jerk um decision to quit my job and um started making furniture out of my parents garage and the the whole youtube side of it was uh honestly to promote the furniture business and then um you know the videos kind of started to pick up some steam just uh organically i guess and i realized that there's you know, some opportunity and potential to be had in the content world. And so I just kind of ran with that and uh, slowly over time turned into where it is now, you know, making making YouTube videos and, uh, you know, I guess online learning content full time. And uh, that's that's kind of our main deal right now. What did you do before? Uh, so I used to work in the film industry, but kind of in a weird sector of it. I was working for the Sundance Film Festival. I worked for a bunch of different film festivals, and I kind of landed at Sundance uh, year round. And so I was doing a couple different, depending on the time of year, is either I was working for the film festival, and then in the summers I was working for uh, they're called the Sundance Labs, and they're um, filmmaking, I guess, workshop type things uh, where, where they bring in filmmakers to, to help them hone their craft. And so I was in the operation side of all that stuff. So when you got into building furniture, did you like, did you grow up around the trades or building things at a younger age? I mean, you make some beautiful pieces. So how did you get to a point where you're at now? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, my dad was one of those types who he was kind of a do it yourself uh type guy you know when i was young my parents bought a, a little house and then they renovated the whole thing and and my dad and uh, a family friend who was a contractor at the time um basically did it all themselves so you know my dad learned a lot from doing that and then so over the years uh, you know it was just me kind of helping him out uh on different things um so you know honestly no like i i didn't you know, I didn't have like a woodworking father. I mean, my, my grandfather was into woodworking. So actually, um, one of the, one of the things that happened that kind of really kickstarted it was he was moving into, he and my grandmother were moving into a smaller house as they got older and he had no place for all of his woodworking tools. So I, you know, uh, I went from having a circular saw and a drill to having a planer and a jointer and a table saw and a bandsaw and you know they're all very old tools but it was you know what I needed to kind of get me going into this next step um and honestly it was it was a learn learn by doing situation kind of from the start you know and it was it, was, uh, it started with really basic I was making furniture out of wine barrels um and then I kind of was you know I I had a design uh, sense that I wanted to pursue and I didn't really know how to do it. And I just kind of, you know, kept trying things, kept watching things, kept looking at stuff and, and slowly, 
figured it out. Was there any imposter syndrome in, in that whole mix at the beginning? And if so, oh. how did you get over it? <laughs> uh, for sure. I mean, there still is. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, luckily the, um, the whole side of it where I'm teaching stuff ha happened much later. And so I got to kind of figure things out uh, early on. And, and so by the time I was showing people, you know, via YouTube and, and plans and courses and stuff, I, for the most part was confident in my, in my skill and ability, but uh, even still like, you know, I'm learning stuff every day. And so there's constantly that feeling of like, Oh, I just learned a new technique. Let's make a video about it, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, I totally still feel that. And I, I definitely felt it a lot back then for sure. Is there anybody that inspired you to go down this path? You talked a little bit about your grandfather and stuff. Is there somebody, a specific person that inspired you or was this just a, I'm just going to get in here and try it. Yeah. You know, it was, um, I was kind of fed up with, <laughs> I mean, this is like such a typical story, but like I was fed up with the day job, you know, sitting at a desk, even though my job was pretty interesting and pretty fun, but, um, I kind of had reached a, a point where there wasn't much, you know, upward opportunity with with where I was at and so I was, I was a little frustrated and I wanted to kind of do something for myself and I wanted to be more creative I was helping I was helping people be creative you know in the filmmaking world I was doing all the um, logistics and stuff to see to help other people see their their vision come to life and um, so I really felt this like I, you know I want to be that person um, and you know I honestly I don't really know why I chose furniture and woodworking it was it just kind of seemed accessible to me um and so th that was that was really the you know the reason for that and then yeah of course like you know knowing that my grandfather had gotten into woodworking that helped um having seen my dad do do a bunch of stuff on his own over the years um and then honestly once I got into it I started learning about different furniture makers um, and so Jory Brigham was a huge inspiration to me. He's a California furniture maker and I actually worked for him for a little while, uh, early on. And so like definitely design wise and style wise, he was a big inspiration. Um, Jared Rustin's another California guy up in the Bay area. Um, so just, yeah, just like seeing different furniture designers doing, unique and original things, you know, helped me kind of shape my design sense early on when I, when, you know, all I had ever seen or thought about was just the furniture, you know, in stores and stuff like that. Um, and it helped me realize like, oh yeah, you can be really creative and you can, uh, try new things and do different things. And, you know, and so that helped me kind of develop over time. You kind of touched on my next question a little bit about, cause you do have a very unique design um, it's, it's almost like, would you call it like a signature design? And, and it's, it's, it's incredible. And yeah. I like, do you draw, where else do you draw your inspiration from? you mentioned some people, but are there other like time periods or other, you know, different other things that you draw your inspiration from? Yeah. I mean, for sure. You know, like I was saying early on, you know, when you're kind of trying to figure out which direction you want to go, I think. Uh, at least for me, I have to be very literal with what I look at. And so early on, you know, I'm, I'm learning techniques. I'm learning how thing, you know, construction methods. So I'm looking at specific pieces of furniture and looking at them and think, you know, figuring out how, how it's made and stuff. So like you're, you know, I'm, I'm like a big proponent and I know this can sometimes be misconstrued as like you know ripping people off whatever but i'm a big proponent of like looking at something and it's if you if you got to copy it that's fine if you're just learning how to um make something and learning techniques like yeah that, that's why we you know we sell our our designs as courses because we want people to make these one for one so they learn the techniques and learn how to do stuff and then from there you know, you can take that stuff and translate it into your own design. So, you know, early on, I was looking at specific furniture. And then, 
um, taking different aspects and, and, you know, putting them into stuff that I was kind of thinking, thinking about. And honestly, these days it's a lot of, you know, it can come from anything. I, I could look at a building and see some lines or something that I like, or a car or something like that. Um, or still, I still see a lot of furniture, you know, I look at, um, furniture from mid-century, you know, fifties and sixties and stuff like that and see stuff I like and, um, just take different, different parts from things and, and meld them all into something that I think looks cool. I think I could see every piece of furniture that you've made on the set of Mad Men in Don, <laughs> in Don Draper's office or something. Yeah, it's totally. so cool. It's so yeah. cool. <laughs> I mean, for, for whatever reason, that that era, uh, I think it speaks to a lot of people. Um, and I think it, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's like the clean lines. It's uh, there. It, there's a simplicity to it and it's timeless. And so, uh, yeah, there's there's something about it that, you know, it works for me and it works for a lot of people. And then it's fun to kind of take that and, and just give it like, you know, a little, a little spin or whatever to make it your own. The flair that you add to that um, <laughs> is astonishing. Cause I, I mean, growing, I'm a cabinet maker by trade. And to be honest, yeah. when I first kind of got into the trade, I didn't appreciate the older area furniture and um, even maybe, you know, say eight or 10 years ago, that wasn't really my niche, but as I'm getting yeah. older, I'm appreciating the, like you were mentioning the more of the simple lines and, but then adding the right. flair that your own is. And, um, I find the stuff that you make is, I, I'm just, I guess I'm coming to appreciate that a bit older, um, generation yeah. with clean lines and, you know, and the angles and everything you do. It's, it's amazing. I, and I appreciate it. I think it's <laughs> taken awesome. me a long yeah. time to get out of this mindset of, Oh, well, you know, this isn't for me, but instead of okay, maybe this designer isn't, but you still need to appreciate the craftsmanship that takes to create that. Totally. And, yeah. Totally. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where even if um, you're not necessarily into something, you know, I, I, it's easy. The easy analogy for me is like music. I, you know, I'm not into every genre of music. I'm not going to, you know, put on, you know, and sit and listen to, to a certain genre, but at the same time, you can, listen to something, appreciate aspects of it, take inspiration from it. Like there's no, there's no furniture out there where I look at it and I go like that shouldn't have existed or something, you know, it's like mm -hmm. there, there's always something to, to, that you can take from, from everything and whether it's your personal taste, you know, is up to you. But, but as far as like what we can learn from it and take from it is uh, there's always something valuable. Even the construction methods. I think, you know, sometimes people get caught up in the, just looking at a design base, but you mentioned um, earlier that, you know, looking at something and learning the construction methods and almost deconstructing that mm -hmm. and building something so that you understand the construction methods. Cause that's huge in furniture, you know, that, and I guess in any type of building, there's more than right. one ways of doing something, but being able to look at it and appreciate or, and to use it to learn how to, you know, maybe construct another project with a type of joinery or something um, has benefit too. Totally. I mean, a lot of a lot of the mid-century or modern stuff has, you know, very specific types of joinery that isn't necessarily used in other stuff except for that type of furniture. And, um, you know, so like my design sense over the years has very much been in that genre. And so all of my construction methods are really, uh, in, you know, kind of in that box um and so it's good for me to look at some stuff that's not necessarily modern or mid-century and look at the joinery and the construction methods and not necessarily that i'm going to put it into stuff that i'm going to do but at least just to know how it's done or you know like i i don't i don't cut dovetails ever but i at one point i told myself like yeah learn to cut some dovetails see how how it works and have the techniques and then you know at least you could say you, you you did it and if you want to use it at some point great um if not that's fine too mm -hmm. who's your who do you surround yourself with uh professionally like do you have a group of people that you kind of bounce ideas off of or like that whole adage of no man is an island kind of thing yeah. like is there someone who or is there a group of people that you try to, that you you're kind of journeying down this 
you know, maker type uh, road with? Yeah, I mean, the the cool thing about the YouTube space uh, is that everyone is, you know, it is a, a pretty small community, especially like when you just get into specifically woodworking and then even more specifically like furniture woodworking on YouTube. Um, and then, you know, with what I'm doing now with Chris Stalamoni from Four Eyes Furniture, we were doing these online, you know, furniture courses. And so, um, you know, we're every day we're talking about new designs and, and plans and things. So that's that's been a huge, um, you know, we joined up, it's been three years now. Um, so when we did that, you know, that was a huge shift and it, and it was hugely helpful, I think, for both of us to learn from each other. Um, and then, you know, it's like, if if you're in if you're into woodworking on youtube at all it's all the the you know the the usual names uh you know there's i don't know if you guys know about workbench con uh which i'm not going to this year but um i have gone to in the past and you know it's always fun to hang out with everyone catch up and swap ideas and so i think that's yeah that's like a that's like an incredibly useful part of of this whole like social media online part of what we do, which uh, is pretty unique, but you know, it's awesome to have for sure. I, I didn't intend for YouTube to be a, an actual, you know, part of besides a promotional thing. And so when I had a couple of videos start to um, catch some steam, I, yeah. So like um, Modustrial maker, Mike Clifford, I don't know if you, know his channel um he was one of the first people to he he got in touch with me and um you know said hey i saw your video i love what you're doing um you know we just emailed back and forth with you know he's giving me some tips because he was a, a bigger channel at the time um and then you know he introduced me to michael alm who's another uh youtube woodworker and so yeah it, it was i didn't even have to do anything you know they they uh they reached out to me and then from there you know it really just snowballed you go to one one event i went to um i think it's called maker fair or something it's in the bay area um put on by make magazine and i went there with mike clifford and michael alm and we met a bunch of other people and so yeah it's um it's like a a weirdly uh friendly and and inclusive <laughs> tight-knit community <laughs> i i i want to talk about your videos too because you can definitely see the influence of your previous career in them like it's they're very cinematic they're they're beautiful videos and just how you tell the story and the the different shots you get to kind of um, to kind of capture the the beauty of these pieces that you're creating, I just want to commend you on that because it's it's not just you know point and shoot. Like you can tell that it means a lot, and you really take your time, mm -hmm. and that really comes through. In, that process really comes through in in the filming or, at, or in the final product. So it, could you yeah. talk a little bit about what that process is like? Because because you're not only create you're creating two things when you're doing this, right? You're creating this for furniture piece that you have to consider but also you're you have to consider how to tell the story of the creation of that piece so how do you how do you blend those two together and how what's that process like totally well first of all thank you i'm, I'm uh, very happy to hear that because that is an important aspect of it um i mean it's funny when i when i first got into it and was you know like i said shooting videos for promotional reasons it was really just like a documentation and um, you know, I had like a GoPro at the time and I would just stick it on the table or whatever. And um, it was all sped up time-lapse footage. And then when I started to, you know, get more into the idea of making YouTube videos and you quickly realized that, you know, it was one, one of the comments I would get early on because my videos were just time-lapse footage with music behind it. And people were like, I'd love to hear you, ex you know, explain what you're doing, explain what you're doing, talk more. And that was the last thing I want to do was, you know, get on camera and, and talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and like, it still is weird to <laughs> edit a video and, and listen to myself talk for 20 minutes or whatever. Um, 
but it really it really is uh that that is such an important aspect to why people consume youtube and um you know youtube's constantly shifting and changing and so um we're constantly trying to you know figure out what people are wanting to watch and um you know at the end of the day it's it's i want to make the videos that i like and that i think i would want to watch uh, while still feeling like i'm appealing to a to a big audience um so yeah like things like making it look good or cinematic is important and having uh high quality audio and um interesting shots and stuff is an important part of it and there's also you know videos where um it's it's mostly a personality based you know and so it, it doesn't matter as much what it looks like or what it sounds like and it's more you're you're watching because someone's interesting and fun fun to watch so you know it really just depends on the person but yeah i, I definitely um want to make the best looking the best sounding and and the most interesting to watch and to me an interesting to watch video is something that looks and sounds good so yeah that's that's a big part of it and it really comes through yeah thank you thank you i'm, I'm very happy to hear that <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so a lot of effort what goes into the design of these unique pieces of furniture that you design you know are you building these for yourself um and then just the overall design you've got a video on youtube kind of explaining the roughly design process that you go through mm -hmm. um, and lots of prototyping and laying out, which I think not many people, you know, there's a lot of, whether it's SketchUp, AutoCAD, um, graph paper, mm -hmm. there's a lot of drawings, but to, you know, utilize material and to draw out shapes and use, like you mentioned in that one video, uh, the seat height, and there's different dimensionings mm -hmm. that in furniture are uh, very important, but to, it seems like you have so much fun. Can you kind of explain the design process and how projects kind of come to life for you? Yeah, you know, it's that's that's another thing that has um, evolved a lot over the years, um, especially as I've learned, you know, computer aided design. Um, so you know, early on, yeah, it was all just I would uh, sketch a couple things in a notebook on on paper, and then honestly you know grab a sheet of mdf or something and start um drawing them full scale to see if i could you know get it get the proportions somewhat right and so yeah it was a lot of guessing and checking and and figuring stuff out um and then now these days you know with being able to utilize you know fusion 360 and sketchup and stuff like that it's a lot i mean it's kind of still the same process i'm still going to start with you know like quick easy sketches and then then I can flesh it out on the computer and it and it basically is the same overall um process but it's just I'm able to iterate you know way quicker and and do it 20 times when you know I would it would same amount of time would take me I, I could get one iteration done um so that's been wildly helpful um the other interesting part about like the what we do with the whole online content aspect of it is as a uh you know as like a i guess a traditional furniture maker you design a piece and then over the years you can you iterate on that same piece until you've perfected it or, or however you want to look at it whereas we can almost never make the same piece more than once or you know maybe twice um so that's difficult in the fact that like we'll make something and you'll look at it and at the end you go yeah it's it's pretty close but it, you know if i've made this again i would change a couple things and that's not something we can necessarily do that often um so it's on one hand it's really nice to be able to have uh, you know be able to design 12 pieces a year or whatever and have no you know, nothing kind of holding you back. And then at the same time, there's plenty of pieces where I go, oh, I wish I could do that one again and change a few things. How long does it take to design? Like, what, do you get a, you know, driving down the road, you see something, you get these moments of how do you design, or you were mentioning you, uh, these 12, 12 pieces a year or a number. How do you, how long does it take to go through that process and figure out what you want to do or how you want to build it, construct it? You kind of yeah. build on that a bit? 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I, it's, I'd say it's different depending on what it is. Um, you know, something that's intricate, um, you know, I just did this like curved bench thing recently and it was, you know, veneered and there were sliding doors and drawers. And, um, so like, you know, it's one of those things where the initial design, the shape of it, it's, a, you know, it's a curved cabinet with some drawers and, and a door and you go, that's, that was pretty quick, but then to figure out all the, you know, nuance and how the construction methods and all that stuff that certainly takes time. Um, but like that one was based on a design I had done years ago. And so the overall shape was already kind of there. Whereas other times if I'm starting from scratch, I'm, uh, you know, the, the initial part of it of just coming up with what it's going to look like as a whole, that can take a long time. And then if it's a relatively simple piece, quote unquote, uh, then the construction aspects of it can go quick. So, you know, it really kind of depends how much details in it, if I'm doing inlays or, you know, if there's gonna be brass in it or whatever. Um, so I don't know, I guess, I guess there's not really a, um, a single, like, I don't, I don't go like, okay, I'll take a week to design a piece and then I'll take three weeks to build it. And then I'll take a week to make the video. Um, it never really happens like that, even though that kind of would be nice. So I could, I could plan a little bit more, but, um, you know, just kind of, I guess kind of depends. That's, that's a, probably a bad answer, but you're just kind of winging it and it just or happens yeah. organically, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Winging it is probably the right term. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> so can people buy these one-off pieces or like, do you take a lot of, are these commissions that you take or like, what's that, what's that like for you guys? Yeah, I'd say um, I'd say it's like equal parts commissions, equal parts we're building it for ourselves or like a family friend or something, and then equal part um, we're gonna put it up for sale. Um, so you know we always try to in the video we'll say what it is, you know whether it's for a client or for myself or whatever. Um, and then yeah, so if it is for sale then we'll put it up on our website or whatever um you know it's the that type of uh model is is maybe not ideal because you're basically building spec pieces and for the most part what happens is you build a spec piece and people say oh i really love that but can you make it uh you know a foot shorter or six inches taller or whatever um so to find to find someone especially like kind of high-end pieces or big pieces um and to find someone that it's perfect for is rare um and also for the most part people that are watching our videos are people that are interested in woodworking and making furniture so they're not necessarily in the market for <laughs> buying furniture um so you know it, it, it is what it is. Uh, our main product is making the video or making a uh, online course. And so selling it is, yeah, that's nice. It's nice when it works out as a commission piece or something. But um, at the end of the day, it's not our main thing. Um, so, you know, we kind of we kind of just go with it, you know, if it, if it works. And then we also have, you know, four or five pieces sitting in our little storage room right now that have not been sold and we don't have space for them in our homes. And so, you know, there's that too. Can you talk about the evolution of the courses that you've, that you have available to, um, that's on your website and, you know, when you started out, did you want to incorporate that into your, um, into your website and model? Um, cause there's a lot of people that just like to build and make, but then there's also the side of, these, the courses and the education part where I think can be very valuable with instructions and detailed plans because somebody who may not understand different constructions of joinery, uh, even myself, some of these modern, I, I mean, having a plan and a kind yeah. of instruction manual or booklet to help design and build, is that was that always in in your mind to, um, to include in your website? And can you just talk a little bit about what those you have to offer with those courses? Yeah, I mean, no, like at the beginning of it all, like I, I knew that was something that existed, but I kind of always um, knew of the, you know, 
in the fine woodworking magazine, you know, it was like how to build a shaker coffee table or something like that. Um, so no, it, it, it kind of over time, you know, YouTube, the YouTube content is, um, in a way, you know, it's educational mm -hmm. content just as it is. Um, and then, so as I did that, you know, I'd get requests for people saying, are there plans for this piece or, uh, and, and I, at first I kind of was, you know, I thought, what, like, what, why would you want plans for this piece? Um, and then realize that, oh, this is something that people want. Um, so I, I, I started making very, very simple plans early on. And one of the things that I did was I started offering templates that I, I got an X car, you know, little CNC machine. And so I started offering like all, all actually cut MDF templates for you and mail them to you. And that was extremely popular for, uh, you know, for where I was at, you know, and I, I got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with cutting them on my own little tiny CNC machine. Um, and then when Chris and I joined up, we, we wanted to do online plans, but we also wanted to do in-person workshops. Um, and we had it all set up and ready to go. And, you know, we had people signed up and then COVID hit and, of course, um, of course. yeah, derailed that completely. And so we basically just shifted it to focusing on online, um, you know, learning content and, that eventually became our, our project courses, which are so much different than what I was doing on my own. They're, they're long form video, um, chapterized, you know, we basically walk through the entire process of building a specific piece of furniture. Um, and, you know, we have, uh, supplemental drawings and documents and, um, uh, we also, still do if you want you can buy the um templates and you know we'll, we'll mail you mdf templates or we we give you the svg or pdf files if you want to cut your own templates so that has become something that we're extremely focused on and it's probably my favorite part of this entire world that we're in um you know as fun as the youtube videos are uh sharing the what i've learned and sharing our designs and the craft and all that stuff is probably the most you know fulfilling part of all of this uh and then especially as it's like you know gained more popularity and we're selling more and getting pictures and uh people emailing us with the stuff they've made and how much they've enjoyed it like that's that makes it all worth it and you know it, it's just yeah that's that's the best part for sure. It almost seems like there's that video, like the online courses or the project plans incorporate a little bit of what you're doing now in a different format. You've got your videos and, you know, totally that whole, yeah, I don't know how, how as a builder myself, it's nice to be able to, I like to be able to look at something um, probably as you do too, and be able to, you know, take some pieces from it. But then some of the stuff that like, I, I don't know how I would construct some of this stuff and be totally. able to have a set of plans that you can follow <laughs> Um, is very beneficial to people because there's a lot of people that, uh, and we've this has come up a lot in the different podcasts. You know, getting just stepping in and doing the work. There's a lot of people right. that are, are scared, whether they maybe they don't have. Uh, it could be a fear based uh, that's holding the back, or maybe equipment or tool base. So having you know something like this that you offer um, can get somebody from well, you thought I think I might want to try this to oh, this is what I need to do it, and now all of a sudden they're invigorated and. Like totally. you're just building the community and building up the, the, the craftsmanship. Right. Yeah. It's, it's one thing to, you know, get a sheet of paper that shows you, um, you know, here are the pieces that you have to cut and here's the joiner you have to cut. And that's great. Um, but I know for myself, it's like, especially if I'm like, you're saying, if I'm kind of new to it or I'm a little bit apprehensive to have a video that's saying like, okay, here's how you set up the saw. Here's how you push the piece through the saw. Think about this and this while you're doing it so that you're safe. And that, you know, that's as, as that's as good as it gets besides someone standing next to you and, and being there. And, you know, obviously we can't, we, we tried to do that. We couldn't do it. We, you know, um, and so to be able to, to offer the closest thing to that is, 
I think, yeah, very beneficial. And I know that for, for me, um, that's something that I totally would have invested in early on if that were, if that were available. Are you hoping to get back in person with some of these, with some of this, uh, educational stuff, like have a, some sort of, you know, course that meets wherever you rent out a shop space or they come to you or whatever are you, is that in the works? Yeah, we definitely, uh, talked a lot, um, you know, more recently about, about trying to get that stuff going again. Um, and we still might, it's definitely something that we, we still have, uh, you know, on the back burner, um, honestly right now we're just so focused on the the online courses um and we have we have a bunch of stuff that we want to do with that and so you know between that and youtube and all the different things we've got going on it it it's almost too much to bite off but yeah yeah, we definitely you know if we if we can make it work in the future we definitely want to because that sounds like a lot of fun and um you know, people seem to be really enthusiastic about it when, when we initially brought it up. So yeah, it's totally something that we still hope to someday maybe do, but, you know, focus on other things right now. Do you have lots of people, um, enrolled in those courses? Like, has that been, has it been picking up, uh, popularity or I guess, um, yeah, over the last couple of years? Is that, or is that, is this still pretty brand new on the rollout? Yeah, no, we, um, yeah, we've done, we've been doing well and we have, we've had quite a few, um, yeah, we, I mean, we've been selling a bunch over the last couple of years and then, um, we just switched to a new platform. So we were, you know, we were doing it all ourselves with the videos hosted on Vimeo and it was, you know, it was kind of a, a lot to, to do. And now we're on, um, you know, kind of one of these course platforms, which has made it a lot more streamlined. And so that's made it better for us. Um, and then we're, we're trying to do a lot more as far as marketing and, and just getting the word out there and, um, reaching more people, you know, besides just through our YouTube videos. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really popular. It's, we've gotten, it's just like, you know, tons of positive feedback. Um, the nice thing about it being an online course is if anyone ever comes to us and says, Oh, Hey, in this chapter, you missed this dimension or, or I was a little bit confused. We can go in there edit the video or edit the written document or add a little note. And, you know, it's like this living thing that we can constantly make better. And um, that's kind of the best, one of the best parts about it is like, it's, yeah, it's always, we're always improving it. Mm -hmm. That must be hard to get them after having multiple eyes and, you know, hours invested into these (laughs) videos and project plans and dimensioning, you're probably bound to miss something or, you know, glance over something. So to be able to constantly improve it and whether it's through feedback or even just yourself too, um, that's gotta, sure. that's gotta be nice to be able to have something like a living document that you can yeah. slowly f- tweak, fix because it's, it is hard. And the time spent, you're probably so focused on getting say a certain project, um, course out that you've spent all this time on it. And, you know, sometimes when you're working on something for so long, it kind of starts to get a little blurry and you know, oh, be able totally. to tweak it is, uh, can be very beneficial. So totally. I mean, that's yeah, you're exactly right. It's like, you're looking at the same thing all day, every day for, you know, a couple of weeks and you start to just uh, become numb to it. And, and so, yeah, it's nice to get some fresh eyes on it. So now you've been, you've done a lot of different um, pieces of furniture, a lot of projects. Is there, some favorites, um, that you've worked on, or do you have like a dream build coming up or, you know, can you talk a little bit about what maybe one yeah. of your favorite projects is or what you would like to do? Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I, it's, I, I have a couple, like there's a couple categories. Um, you know, I, the, some of my early pieces kind of hold that, you know, sentimental spot. Um, I made a, a lounge chair pretty early on, uh, called the Glen Lounge Chair, and and that is that's actually a a piece that I made plans for early on, and it and it sold well for me. And then we turned it into one of our new, you know, online courses, and it's done very well for us. And it that's that that one, um, you know, has been has been cool to see so many iterations of it, and um, you know, people seem to really like it, and you know, I'll I'll see it on reddit every once in a while and and different different things so that one that one's always been pretty fun to to watch it kind of evolve and and spread 
Um, and then, I mean, honestly, it's like whatever, whatever my most recent piece is, I kind of, uh, tend to, tend to like more so than, than the stuff before I'm always trying to like try something new or, um, so my, the most recent thing I did, the, the curved bench I was talking about, and, you know, I tried some new veneering techniques and, um, you know, threw a bunch of different stuff at it. There's brass inlay. And so I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of tend to, uh, to value the, the recent stuff more so just cause it's, you know, it's new and fresh and feels, feels more fun. So what advice would you have if someone wants to start getting into whether it's carpentry or furniture design or, I mean, yeah, let's stick with that. We won't get into YouTube yeah. with that question. But for someone who's looking to like get into it, what what are what's some general advice that you like that you could give them um, once they get started? Um, you know, I think it's I I don't know if this is like the typical advice, but it's it's kind of just to start doing it and don't don't um, don't get too caught up in needing certain tools or um, I'm not going to be able to make this unless I use uh, you know, fancy wood or, um, and it's like, just start making stuff. Don't, don't set any sort of, uh, you know, caps on like what you can do. It's like, even if you're, even if you grab a piece of firewood and you, and you take a pocket knife and you, you know, whittle something that's like, at least you're, at least you're doing something. Um, and if you've got, any tools, you know, a drill and a circular saw, cut, cut up some, some wood and make a box and then go from there. So it's, it's, I don't know, it feels kind of cliche, but it's like, just start making stuff. Don't, there, there, there's, there's no point in waiting, you know, it's just like, just do it now. I think there's so much fear around starting and it's, is quite a, from doing this podcast, but there's been a lot of uh, similarities of that there. People are just afraid to yeah. start doing something, right? You don't have to go out and buy, say, or outfit your shop with $40,000 in equipment. Although I would love to do that. Like you said, you know, <laughs> right. you get a circular saw, you get some very, um, you know, affordable tools or equipment or go borrow some stuff and just start right. cutting and start creating. And then as you develop and get into it and feel like if that's a area that you want to pursue, then you can start maybe, you know, investing some money. But I, there's so many people that just, and it sounds so easy, just start. But for some people yeah. and myself included, depending what it is, um, it is hard, but yet it's, everybody says yeah. you just got to start. Well, sometimes how? <laughs> it, totally. And like, you know, I, I got, like I said, I got started in my parents' garage with, I had an old circular saw and I had an old drill and, you know, that I, I totally understand that sound. Like you go, well, what the heck, what the heck are you supposed to make with that? And, um, you know, I started making bar stools out of wine barrels and I, I had never done that before. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing and I just, but I just figured it out. And, uh, you know, the first, the first few things you try might suck and then you'll, you'll realize, oh, I need to do this instead. And, you know, and you'll make something better the next time. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I get it. It could be a little, uh, it's like, it's maybe a little idealistic or something, but you know. Just, just start. Just do it. So what, uh, what would be some specific <laughs> skill sets that are important to develop to getting into furniture making? Oh, man. Um, you know, it, uh, it's not, not necessarily a – well, I don't know. I guess you could call it a skill, but I think um, like developing a, your design, your eye for design is – is important because um, honestly the stuff that like you know of course yeah you got to learn how to um, operate a table saw and, and make cuts and learn techniques and skills and things but like I'm no different than anyone else in in my uh, you know coordination around doing doing things um, anyone can make the table saw cut that I make it's just a matter of like knowing how to set it up so I'd, I'd say that the more important thing is developing a design sense and then like learning 
construction methods, I guess, and how stuff is put together. And that that comes, you know, from, like I said, looking at a lot of different furniture or taking stuff apart. I mean, I, I, I early on, I remember I was always getting underneath tables and things to see how they were put together and, um, and just, just learning all the different ways that stuff can, can be done. And, and then, yeah, developing your sense for design and proportion and, and stuff like that. And, um, the skill, the, the building skill will come with time and just doing stuff and, and, trying to make stuff and you'll, you'll learn that, and you know, take a shop class or whatever, and you'll, you'll learn that stuff pretty easily. Um, it's all the, it's all the other parts of it that I think are more important and more time consuming to, to finally, you know, get dialed in. A design element and even talking about proportions. I mean, <laughs> you can look at a piece that's been, uh, designed thoughtfully and it's proportioned well. And sometimes I'm just wanting to be like, Oh, I want to go build something. I've got an idea. And after you build it, you're uh, the proportioning, right? I mean, and especially with furniture making and the style that you, um, design and craft is there's a lot of time spent and you can tell with your uh, projects that you've spent a lot of time with the proportioning and figuring out the design part, because that it just shows through the projects. And if you don't have that, um, a project that has been very thoughtfully designed and proportioned well, and one that has not, probably mm-hmm. can be starting to, you know, you can tell a difference as you be, uh, have a trained eye. Right. Totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you maybe don't think about it when you, when you look at stuff, just, you know, when you're walking down the street or whatever. Um, but yeah, just the, the, the proportion of, of things is, is so important in, in everything. You know, if you look at like a car, and you go, there's something weird about that car. Why, why don't I like that? You know, with, it, for some reason, it, it doesn't feel right to me. It's probably because, you know, the the back window is too big or, you know, there's some little thing where, where you go, that just doesn't feel right. And it's, yeah, it's going to be a proportion thing. It's not necessarily because you go, oh, that that chrome isn't shiny enough or that the paint color is is weird. It's it's usually, you know, something as far as the proportion of the design. So, yeah, it's it's a incredibly important part of it that we don't really think about. So good taking that to the next step or a little diving a little bit deeper from general advice to skill sets. Now, someone who's wanting to get started, what are some, what are the top three tools that you recommend someone have in their toolbox Mm -hmm. or on their tool belt that, 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 uh, are absolute can't live without. Um, I mean, from like a very practical perspective, I think, um, you know, you need, you need basically something to cut wood. You need something to put wood back together. And then, I mean, I guess you need something, you know, like some sort of sanding device, you know, if you want to, if you want to get, get finished. Um, Though, you know, you know, so okay, I guess you could say like a circular saw or a jigsaw, start with that, um, a drill and and um, maybe a cheap sander. But then like on top of that, I go like, well, you need like a high quality measuring device. And so I don't know, I guess it kind of depends how you look at it. But um, it's basically, yeah, if you want to get into woodworking, it's like you got to cut wood, you got to put wood back together, and then you got to make it feel nice to touch so i guess that's my answer <laughs> sometimes it's hard to come up with three when you're like i could probably lift list off 15 or 20 that <laughs> yeah, i absolutely totally. need but then to start out yeah <laughs> any, do you I mean, any... That's, go ahead sorry that, that that's that's what i started with so i guess that's like and i'm sure that's what most people start with it's like you got you got the you got the cheap circular saw you got a cheap drill and then and then you're sand and stuff so uh that's the easy go-to um, if I wanted to be more like, uh, you know, thoughtful about it or something, yeah, you could talk about having accurate rulers and a, and a marking knife or a nice pencil or, you know, stuff like that, but we won't, we won't go that far. <laughs> Any brand loyalty? Any, uh, you can't, you gotta uh, have this brand, not that brand in certain situations? The only, honestly, the only thing that I have any sort of, like, I gotta have this is a saw stop 
table saw. Like I don't think, uh, oh, I will, I will, I'll, you know, never say never. I'm sure at some point I'll use a saw that's not a saw stop. But uh, if I have any choice, I will use a saw stop just because it's like I'm not. I don't want to. You know, I, I risk my hands and fingers enough on other tools, and so if I can have one tool that's that's going to give me a little bit of peace of mind, it's it's that one. So I'll uh I'll take that for sure. Those are definitely, uh, I think in the schools here, they're mandatory and yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can see when a kid runs over, I've had a couple students, well, actually just one run their hand over, uh, while cutting a piece of cork. Um, yeah. and there's no stitches and whatnot, but had that not been, you know, we're talking totally. about, you can cut fingers and hands off. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. uh, uh, and hopefully will it be interesting to see the technology advancements here in the next five or 10 years and they're yeah. already, already making portable job site saws with it and maybe other right. companies will develop something. So that right. safety part is huge. Yeah, it would be, it would be awesome to see that technology get put into other tools and, and other things. So I think it's, uh, yeah, so important. And, um, you know, I, I did some little cutting board workshops years ago out of my shop and, you know, just teaching people how to make cutting boards. And the only reason I was comfortable doing that was because I had a saw stop and, you know, had that little bit of peace of mind. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up here, Sean, um, where can people find you and what do you have, uh, that's going on that you like to promote? Yeah. So we, uh, you can find me at Sean Boyd made this on Instagram and YouTube. Um, four eyes furniture is where all of our, um, furniture courses are. We've got some, some good stuff coming up with that, um, that we're pretty excited about and it'll all be happening soon um so if you're yeah interested in, in learning some woodworking check out that um and yeah that's that's pretty much it and we'll make sure we link all of those in our show notes of this episode uh cool. but sean thanks again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the show and share your story and a lot of great sure. insights and a lot of a lot of um, consistency with a lot of the stuff that we've been talking with other people about too don't be afraid of trying just get out there and start doing it so hopefully this uh, episode has inspired someone to get off the couch and build something cool. So thanks again, Sean. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this, this was fun. Thanks, Hoff. Thanks, Rosie. And thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.